Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Uh, this is a episode that has been a long time coming since probably February of 2020. Uh, we are here at the PCA uh, trade show in Las Vegas, Nevada, with none other than my friend, the hardest working man in the cigar <laughs> industry. It's Dean Parsons, Epic Cigars. Dean, welcome to the program. James, thank you, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, this is certainly long overdue. Um, I appreciate everything you do as well. Uh, you're hardworking and... Uh, yeah, but it's actually, I'm glad it took this long because it's super cool to be here at PCA 2021 in our booth, epic backdrop, and and doing this and, uh, you know, sharing a little bit of the story. So thank you. Thank you for no, taking the fantastic. time. No, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I would rather do these in person than over Zoom or over a phone call. That It's much better to do it this way. So, no, I, I'm kind of glad it took this long, too. Because we met in February at the Nebraska uh, Cigar Fest last year. But before we get into all of those stories, I invite everybody to go to creativebringcandy.com and check out the great family of podcasts that we have there, including Spoiler They Die. If you are into true crime, if you like to sit around, smoke a cigar, listen to a podcast, and you like true crime, Spoiler They Die is the podcast for you. Kat and Logan, a couple of Canadian chicks, talk about uh, true crime in only a way that they could with a little bit of dark humor infused in there as well. Spoiler They Die. Check it out. Creative Brain Candy. Dot com. The shilling is done, Dean. It's, it's all over. Uh, uh, so let's let's talk about this. So we met. It was funny. We were at Cigars Lounge in downtown Lincoln. Um, and I was talking with David, the rep from Crownheads. Right. And we were talking and you walked in and he looks at you. He goes, you want to be on a podcast? And you're <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll be on a podcast. I'm yeah. like, so we started talking and we really hit it off. I thought yeah. we had a really great conversation. Um, and we went to the festival that night. Yeah. And then uh, we met at the Cigars Lounge again. Yeah. It was funny. So I want to tell everybody this because this is how completely unobservant I am. Tim and I were sitting at the bar and I knew you were coming. So I was like kind of looking for you at first. Yeah. And then Tim and I start talking and we were smoking our cigars and we're talking with uh, Aaron, who was one of the bartenders there. Yeah. And you came in, you snuck in <laughs> and you sat down right next to me and literally for an hour and a half. I had no idea you were there. And I turned around I'm like, what did, what did you get here? You're like, I've been here, man. I didn't want to bother you. You know, <laughs> it is, it's so funny because when I think of, I keep, for some reason, when I think of Nebraska, I think of Minnesota <laughs> because we had just done the uh, Minnesota. We did this cigar festival in Minnesota, cigars and, or cigars and baseball up in Minnesota. So I just, I don't know if I came from there at that time to Nebraska or what was going on, but obviously it's north, somewhere north in the world. And it's uh, cold. It gets you know, cold it's there. Cold, it gets cold there. And it was actually cold. It when, was cold. When, when cold. I was yeah. There. Yeah. But we had such a great time, you know, at the event, uh, you know, awesome turnout, uh, amazing, uh, group of people and and then obviously drinks after and and cigars uh you know so it's yeah it's just that's what i love about this job is to you you get out in so many crazy places in the world that otherwise you wouldn't have gotten and meet people that you would never meet so uh yeah it's awesome and you know brings us to where we are today yeah absolutely so let's let's talk about you your journey every good story like i say every podcast starts at the beginning you didn't start like that you this wasn't your passion at first you're actually from you're canadian yeah born and raised uh in, on the east coast of canada in a small town uh in wabush labrador uh iron ore mining town um you know my parents grew up in newfoundland moved to to labrador in the in the 60s um my dad I was actually a lobster fisherman in newfoundland and then, you know, went to trade school, became a uh, heavy equipment uh, mechanic and 
went to work in the mines and then kind of worked his way up over over 35 years in, wow. in, in the iron ore mines in, in, in Labrador. And there's two towns there, Labrador City and Wabush. So I grew up, you know, snowmobiling, playing hockey like most kids. And uh, we had, you know, eight, nine months of, of winter and and three months of bad snowmobiling, you know, in the summer. <laughs> so, um, yeah, kind of crazy. And so I leave I leave Labrador um, when I'm 17, go to Quebec, have an opportunity to play hockey in Laval, Quebec, uh, with the Titans. Um, that's where Mario Lemieux set all the Quebec major junior records before he went to Pittsburgh and got drafted in the NHL. And uh, when I was there in 88, uh, Desjardins was there, Gino Ojek, who uh, oh, wow. I think he played in Chicago later. He was a big enforcer. Um, I'm dating. I know I'm dating myself by by sharing this, but <laughs> yeah. So and I, I wasn't there a long time, and uh, then I ended up in back in University of New Brunswick in Fredericton, New Brunswick, Canada. Played hockey there. Went went to school there, and uh, kinesiology was is my background in, in in university. And after, as I was going through college or university in New Brunswick, I would work in the summertime with the Fredericton Police Force as a park patrol member. Um, a lot of the guys at that time were retired hockey players that were turned police officers on the east coast of Canada. And so we had a connection. I was playing senior league hockey and pickup hockey during the week. So developed a real relationship. And when I, when I finished university, they sent me to the police academy uh, on the east coast of Canada, Prince Edward Island. And basically hired me as soon as as soon as I graduated from the police academy. So during this time where you're playing hockey, you're going to university, you're in the police academy. Were you smoking cigars? I maybe had you know one or two cigars here and there, you know, at a bachelor party or something. But I wasn't really a cigar guy. It wasn't something that I that I even really thought about. And it wasn't until so I bought my first Harley Davidson in 1999. That's right. You were a motorcycle guy. Yeah. I see on your Instagram. Yeah. You go to uh, Epic Cigars Instagram. Like you, you'll see Dean roll up to events in in like riding the Harley. It's fantastic, <laughs> and people are like, "Oh hell yeah!" Yeah. So like, yeah, I grew up riding motorcycles. You know, from sport bikes to uh, dirt bikes when I was a kid. Sport bikes. Um, years later, even in the Dominican, I had enduro bikes, and we used to ride a lot. But um, I, I, so it was 1989. No, yeah, 1989. Bought my no, not 89. Sorry, it was 99. 89. I was graduating high school. Um, 99. Bought my first Harley. Uh, 2000 Fat Boy uh, oh, Soft Tail, beautiful oh, bike. Yeah. With a with another buddy, mine, a police officer. We were working together at the time, and it was probably two years later. One of the guys we used to ride with a lot. He was a banker in, in New Brunswick, Canada. And we would end up at his place after a lot of these rides. He had the sort of the loft above his garage and the smoking room and the barber chairs and everything. I remember one night he had Cohibas. I don't know which one it was, but he had Cohibas there and, and, and single malt whiskey and Balvenie or whatever it was. And I, that was the first time I had like a real cigar experience. Is that when it clicked for it, you? It clicked. It was yeah. like mind blowing. And, and keep in mind, this was still probably, you know, early 2000s. So it's um, well after the boom. Yeah. It's like right as the, at the tail end of the boom. And you were like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I dig this. I was, I I was blown this. away. So fast forward 2004, I go on a vacation to visit a buddy of mine in, in Turks and Caicos Islands who had, we played hockey together, been roommates. And uh, he was working there in real estate. I, I fly down for a couple of weeks. You know, obviously, it's my first time really out of Canada. Um, besides, you know, going to, to Vermont, New Hampshire, places like that, which you sure. could drive to. First time to a Caribbean island. And, um, of course, I was there for two weeks, fell in love with the island, the beaches, the water. And the developer he was working for, we had had dinners several times over a two-week period. Sat me down on his 50-foot Hatteras one evening, invited me over to have a drink, and, and offered me a job. Um, with this new resort development, they just were like just breaking ground. Yeah, and so I mean, it was. I mean, I was blown away by the offer, but I, you know, it was a sort of a job of a lifetime. Uh, now, keeping in keep in mind at that time, I I was just I was had about nine years, a little over nine years, uh, with the police force in Fredericton because uh, I was auxiliary during university and then full time after that and. Uh, so I, I flew back, uh, took me a few months, but but uh, took early retirement, quit my job, and uh, and moved to Turks and Caicos. Wow. So 
you move, but not for cigars. You move for this no. job. Yeah, real estate. Yeah, operations. It started out I was in the operations. Okay, uh, so so far I just want I want to catch everybody up. Hockey player, police officer, real estate. Not only that, but the climate change from growing up in Canada to now in the islands. Yeah. I mean, you had to be pretty happy about that, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was, you know, it's kind of one of those pinch yourself moments that that went on for for almost five years. Um, so you're, you're doing the real estate. Yeah. This is where it starts to come in, if I remember the story right. Cigar industry starts calling. Correct. Well, yeah. So so what had happened is we, so this is 2005, 2006, 2007. So we're in pre-construction. Then we're in sales, pre-construction sales. Then we start to come out of the ground. And we've got people flying into Turks and Caicos, obviously wealthy people from Canada, U.S., all around the world. And we're entertaining them, taking them for dinners, taking them fishing. It's a beautiful golf course in Turks and Caicos, the Provo Golf Club. We're taking them on the golf course. And everyone's asking for cigars. And and at that time, 2006, seven, you it was hard to find a cigar, a premium cigar in Turks and Caicos. Some of the, you know, um, jewelry stores or uh, liquor stores would have throw throw away back you know uh, yeah, counterfeit yeah. stuff and yeah. and just you couldn't get a premium cigar and so the first trip were so i said okay i need to get to dominican republic and at least bring back some premium cigars for my customers but prior to that i did a trip to the bahamas to the gray cliff uh hotel in the bahamas and anybody that knows that property um there's a there's a uh, they have the biggest wine cellar in the caribbean Yep. downstairs it used to be a, an old jail and we went there for dinner and as we walk into the great cliff hotel and this is like 2007 there's a guy you know in a white jacket chinese collar beautiful cigar rolling table and he's literally rolling cigars and and this is just as we're coming in we do the tour of the wine cellar we sit down we have dinner i'm not i just see the guys i'm walking in this guy's probably <laughs> in his 70s and he's rolling cigars and i can and he's smoking and i can smell it and so I'm kind of, that affects me. And then we do dinner, we have some drinks, and then the waiter comes over and says, would you gentlemen like a cigar? And I'm, I can still remember smelling it when we walked in. And I said, yeah, sure. And he says, well, would you like it mild, medium, or full-bodied? He's, they're going to roll it for you right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so we're like full-bodied. And the, he, he walks away, comes back, you know, 10 minutes later with these two cigars on a beautiful tray, a white cloth. And then he lifts the cigars. Obviously, they're freshly rolled. And he takes the wooden matches and he's he's turning the cigars in front of us, holding the match to dry the wrapper. Oh wow! For, he takes like five minutes per cigar in front of us. Meanwhile, we're having you know a cocktail, whiskey, and he dries the outside wrapper, the cigar. Then he cuts it and and lights the cigar for us. So I'm blown away at right. this point, right? Right. And then we walk into the boutique, and there's all these Grey Cliff cigars on display. So I, I buy a $600 box of Grey Cliff cigars. <laughs> and then I'm like, this is crazy. You know, cigars made in the Bahamas for the Bahamas, this hotel. Anyway, and that, that's when it clicked. I said, well, if they can make cigars in the Bahamas for the Bahamas, I can make a cigar in the Turks and Caicos for Turks and Caicos. That and that, yeah, so that's how it all started. Well, that's kind of where it clicked, and then so I started traveling to Dominican shortly thereafter, bringing back Davidoffs, Fuentes, Lavoras, and every time for your clients, yeah, for my clients, yeah. and we had a humidor in our office. And every time I would travel, I would meet people, you know, small manufacturers. I'd be at the hotel casino or at the bar, and you run into some guy. And, and actually, the guy that I met, his name was Eddie Fontana at the time. One night, I'm, I'm sitting at the bar, the Grand Almirante in, in Santiago. And this guy's chatting. I'm by myself, of course, and he's an American guy, but he's got Dominican family. And uh, he invites me to come to his factory oh, wow. the next day and give me a little bit of an education. So I get to his factory, find out that he's actually making cigars for John Starks from the Knicks at that time. Yes. And long story short, we go back and forth for a little bit. And then... I decided to create a cigar with him, and we ended up calling it the Turks Select, Turks and Caicos Islands, uh, Turks Select 1841, and 1841 was when a uh, slave ship that left South Africa was on its way to Cuba and sank off the Turks and Caicos. So we, we did this whole branding uh, sort of spin on the cigar, turquoise and gold bands, worked with cigar rings in the Dominican Republic. Anyway, launched the cigar in late 07, 
had it in all the hotels and resorts. Started with a hundred boxes, ended up, you know, several thousand boxes a year. Wow. And uh, yeah, it kind of went from there. Wow. So from there, where does Epic come in? Where do you start that? Because you transition out of the real estate and you start doing this full time. Correct. Well, we so I launched the Turks and Caicos Cigar in 07, 08. We opened our hotel in Turks and Caicos, our first property in 08. We're, we start pre-construction sales of a second property in Turks and Caicos. And of course, what happens in late 08? The worldwide market crashes, the yeah. real estate market. So I'm all of a sudden, I'm left without a job, without a paycheck. Uh, I got my Turks and Caicos cigar, <laughs> but I... I don't know what, what I'm going to do. And fortunately, I got hired by a developer at a Fort Lauderdale to work with a new project, to head up sales of a new project on the north coast of the Dominican Republic. So I moved from Turks and Caicos to the Dominican. I'm still shipping my Turks and Caicos cigar back and forth, but I, I can't talk to the customers. I'm dealing with these guys. I'm shipping the cigars, paying the duty. They're, they're selling the cigars and the money's not coming back. And I'm like, okay, I can't, you know, I don't want to deal with this. Right, so. It's not sustainable. Yeah, it just didn't make sense. And I and it's very expensive to fly back and forth. And we, we had actually had another office in Palm Beach Gardens, a real estate office. So I was doing, you know, a week in Palm Beach, a week in Dominican, and a week in Turks and Caicos. Because at the time, my girlfriend was still there. Um, she was running a spa in, in the island. So anyway, it just got to be a little bit hectic. But I really started to understand the industry and started to create a, a passion for cigars and what it was bringing into my life and the experiences I was having. So I said, okay, I need to come up with a brand that I can market internationally and kind of sort of start over. I was keep in mind, I was still in real estate. So I had, you know, income coming in and I'm like, let me just take my time with this. So at that time I met Rolando in early 2009 and Rolando VML is the uh, master blender behind Christoph cigars. He now makes all the cigars for John Starks, and he's been my mentor uh, with with Epic. So we meet in 2009, start working on some blends. So 2010, I came out with the Maduro, the Epic Maduro, the Epic Corojo, and then, but still, only a few shops in Florida, a few shops in New York, because it was still a hobby, trying to figure out how I'm going to navigate this right. this uh, industry. So when did it jump? When did it go from being a hobby? to be in this is what i want to do this is it this is i'm going to do this until i retire yeah probably around between 13 and 14 2013 to 14 because we've been getting some traction in, in new york new jersey philadelphia and florida um, so it took about four or five years yeah and 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 but at the same time the project that i was working with in the dominican had shut down we had we had we had been doing pre-construction sales for for three plus years there were land issues we had a Two million dollar show, uh, show suite, um, offices, everything, and and basically there were too many issues with the land, so the developer shut the project down. And then once again, I, I was without a job, so so it kind of forced me to make that jump and go full time into into cigars, and and that's kind of we just kind of scaled from there, and then went through so many ups and downs of. Right. So we'll, I want to talk about the ups and downs because that's how you, you and Nat Seco. You have this great relationship, uh, and so we want to talk about that. But but before we do, so you're going, you, you start gaining traction. You said New Jersey, New York. Mm -hmm. Do you start tra traveling up there and yeah. doing that? Because as I said at the top of the podcast, like you're literally probably the hardest working man in cigars. You don't have reps. You go to events. The Midwest gets passed over a lot mm -hmm. by a lot of guys. Like you don't see Pete Johnson go into a Nebraska cigar fest or to a Brew City cigar fest or things like that. You but we find Dean there all the time. Dean you 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 want to go out and you want to meet the people that were smoking your cigars. It's I mean, you know, that was is sort that, of but is that where that came from? Is is having to go up to New Jersey and New York when it started to gain traction? Well yeah, I mean I have I've had one outstanding rep uh, in the Northeast, which was actually not till like 2017, 16, 17, Mick Grant, who's a retired military, who's been been around the industry with several brands, but became you know a very good friend. But we met. He he worked. He was a retail manager for the Smoking Dog in Maple Shade, New Jersey. Mick and I met. I did an event there. I, actually, we have met at the at the IPCPR probably in 15 or 16, and then became friends. and And he became my Northeast rep later. 
Uh, but yeah, the, from 13, 14 on, I was just basically traveling on my own. I would travel till I ran out of money. Then I'd fly <laughs> back to the Dominican and get on my Vonage line and be calling customers and shipping, you know, started shipping, you know, 100 boxes, 500 boxes. The next thing you know, it's 5,000 boxes and, and you know, 100,000 cigars. And, and But then you then you realize, okay, I need money. I need I need resources. And so I had, you know, some different people come in that, that really helped me kind of scale the brand a little bit but every time we took 10 steps forward we took you know 15 back because as you scale the business and then you add on travel you add on trade shows you add on marketing it's like you think okay i can with a hundred thousand dollars i can get this far with half a million dollars i can get this far but um this business will, will swallow you up i mean you need seven figures to really do this business and 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 do it right and you know, and so we had the Maduro, Maduro, um, Corojo in 10. Then in 15, I came up with the Habano, which actually is a blend. Uh, anybody that knows Epic well and, and knows me a little bit, that's a blend that was created with Jose Blanco because I had actually met with, with him and Emma and they helped me sort of put together a business plan on how to sort of direct the company and how to shape things and brand and, and connect me with a lot of people that, that could help me in the industry. And, and at that time, I had investors coming on board and they needed to know a little bit more about the industry yeah. so so jose and, and emma really helped me with that and also helped me with the, the habano cigar and so you're going through these ups and downs and you're meeting these people and what i'm what i'm getting from your story is a lot of th- in this industry especially if you're if you're smaller if you boutique you can't do it on your own like it's it's really about the connections you make and the networking and, and and the friends that you meet along the way. And sometimes I think that gets lost in the industry. Yeah. There are some there are there are some folks who are like, "No, I'm in it for me. I'm in it for me. I'm in it for me." But it seems like the vast majority, or at least I hope it's the vast majority, are. Let me show you how we do things. Let me let me give you some advice. Let's, let me bring you along. Well, and that's that's what's been amazing. You know, nine years living in the Dominican. You know, obviously became friends with with, with Jose Blanco and Emma, but I became very good friends with Enrique, uh, Sejas, Ricardo, the whole family. Jose Sejas, who you know, Tabacalera Garcia. I mean, the guy's an absolute icon. We we golfed together multiple times. Enrique used to come to my place on the north coast. Uh, kiteboarding and stay with me and, and I mean this is a, I'm going back you know 2010 when when I started to develop these relationships and you know go, going out to the local lounge saga in Santiago and any night of the week it's closed now but years ago on a weekly basis you walk into saga and, and Carlitos there um, counters there I mean the, the top people in the industry like the, are yeah all the there. icons are the all icons, there right? and everybody's just having great times sharing cigars having cocktails and, and eating good food so i you know i put myself in that environment and and really learned and and i would always you know any of those cigars we were working on i would you know hand them to all these you know mentors and and say hey if you got a minute could you smoke this and give me some feedback and they would nine nice. times out of ten they would sometimes you know these guys are busy but but they would always, well, what, you know, they would ask me what's in it, what, what tobaccos you're using, who'd you buy it from, where's it from? And, and of course, Rolando, who, who is our, you know, runs the, the Epic and Christoph factory. Rolando is, grew up with, with, with the counters and, and, and all these guys. And Rolando is just a behind the scenes guy. But if you, you check out our Instagram or even the Epic website, there's some photos of him and I on there. He's just always been a guy that's behind the scenes, but he is, so respected by everybody in the industry from the highest levels of, of, of tobacco making and, and professionalism. So um, it's it's been huge to, to you know, be in that environment and, and learn awesome. and, and grow. And so the, all the Epic Cigars have, have been a, a culmination of a lot of great advice from a lot of good people and a lot of love and a lot of just learning and, and listening and, and changing. The, the Maduro and, and uh, Corojo changed from 2010 to, Right up until probably 14, those blends got tweaked because guys like Jose would smoke them. And I, I particularly remember the Corojo. We had been smoking that a lot when I was doing all this work with, with Jose and Emma. And he's like, Dean, there's something missing in this cigar. It's very good, but there's something missing. And I couldn't tell you exactly what it was now, but we, we did change that cigar. Tweak it a little and, bit. And, and it's a better cigar now than it was, wow. you know, when, would back you say, then. Would you say that 
the epic, like the core lines, is like a reflection of the industry. Then yes, a hundred, hundred percent, hundred percent. And and people, you know, it's funny. You always get people say, "Oh, when are you coming up with something new? When are you coming up with something new?" Because so many brands are like new stuff, limited, oh, yeah. one and done, one and done. Yeah. And my focus has always been uh, is to create sort of a legacy with with Epic and build these brands. And Arthur's is actually all, also it's it's a long term. We're not in this you know one and done one and done of course we just recently did the limited edition with with aj yeah which we'll talk which about we'll, we'll talk to. about the 10 for sure but but it's important that we we've taken our lines from you know three sizes in the uh, maduro and corojo and habano to five sizes in those lines adding you know lanceros and gordos and things and and then adding the project e which is our san andreas cigar which the, is very good and then a very full body in the, in the maduro fuerte and so but we're keeping. I mean, we've had such great feedback, and that's that's the basis of where we started the company. So that's they're no, those lines are never going to go away. Um, if we can make them better at different times, we will. But but those are kind of the staples in our in our portfolio that that we want to we want everybody to to learn about and smoke, and we'll continue to add new new cigars. But that's awesome. Let's talk about Arthur. Let's talk about Natsiko. Mm-hmm. because I remember sitting at the bar uh in nebraska and you telling me about about this and how how you hooked up with him and how he's helped you out and you guys are now like you guys are you have this great partnership yeah it's 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 funny so arthur barbarian is is, is the owner of, of xander greg um and also nat Seco brands and we had met in the dominican actually i think it had been at a christmas party for Epic and 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 Christoph cigars in the Dominican, Arthur have been there. Obviously, we have a lot of friends in common. He does a lot of business in the Dominican, and just met. We hit it off, and then we would meet annually at the trade show. And I'm probably going back to like 13 or 14 the first time we met. And he'd always take a few minutes to chat with me and ask me how things were going and and how the journey was going, but. But I, and I was always honest and open. I mean, letting him know, you know, we got this investor, that investor, um, that was struggling, um, <laughs> didn't work out. You know, they don't really understand the vision and it's a long-term thing. And, and so it really, there were a lot of ups and downs. I had a lot of support from great people. But um, at the end of the day, it, it's a lot of people want to get involved in the cigar business because it's, it's a cool thing. It's glamorous, right? It's Everybody glamorous, thinks it's cool. that it's, oh, it's cigars. It's all just luxury. It's yachts and yeah. women in bikinis. And it's, it's not, it's a yeah. lot of hard work. And it's just a lot of work. And you're, it's a long-term, it's got to be a long-term investment. And some people want to get in and get out. And, and, and once again, I also didn't know what I know now and, and how we were going to scale things in the brands. And so, we just, you know, there were a lot of missteps, a lot of uh, ups and downs. And but it's a learning process, right? It, it is. It is. And so when, when Arthur came in, which was in, in uh, when we really started serious discussions in 2018, towards the end of 18, because he's a distributor, because he's been around the industry for many, many years, you know, Nat Seco dates back to 65. He didn't start the Nat Seco brand, which is National Cigar Co., but he acquired it, I think, back in, you know, 2007 or something. So... Um, we, we had discussions probably over six to eight months about wow. how we could work together and get involved. And, and really, at the end of the discussions, it was the best solution was really for, for Xander Gregg, the distribution, and that's equal to acquire Epic, um, to acquire the brand, which, which he did, and, and basically allow me to do what I love to do, which is travel market, be the face of the brand, and, and also be the face of, of the Nat Seco brands because, you know, Nat Seco has been around for a minute, but a lot of people haven't been able to make that connection to the story of National Sicarico and Nat Seco. And now we're, we're evolving that. You're starting to, you're starting to gain some traction with that for sure. Yeah. Arthur's great. Like it's always, it's always weird to come up and meet new people in the, especially at a trade show. Mm-hmm. This is our first trade show. But he was fantastic. Like he was like, yes. And so when when we came by the other day and we got that that quick spot with you and with his son Alex, I yeah. I asked Arthur. I said, do you want to come on? Do you want to do this? He goes, no, no, no. Let the next generation do it. Let the next generation do it. So like Alex got on with yeah. you and yeah. So I think that's because it's a family. It's a family affair, yeah, right? It is. And we, I mean, we've got. I mean, you know, our, our shipping and distribution now is out of Pasadena, where where Xander Gregg is based. Um, we've got a full team. Arthur's both his sons. 
Xander Gregg or Alexander and Gregory. Uh, that's something that people say, what's, what's the name Xander, Xander Gregg? Yeah, so those are Arthur's it. sons, uh, Alexander, who's here, and Gregory, who's actually at, at home in the, uh, in the warehouse this week. Uh, his wife, Ale- Alexandra, um, handles most of our marketing, all the setup for the PCA trade shows, the TPE stuff. So it truly is a family, and, and they've really welcomed me with, with open arms, and um, it, it's been awesome. I'm going to actually be in California this week for the first time since we started this new partnership wow. uh, for uh, three or four days in the office. And then I'm going to be in Arizona and uh, L.A. for the next two to three weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just like I said, guys, he is the hardest working man in the cigar industry. You never stop. Well, what I mean, it's it's kind of and I think anybody will tell you in the industry when you make that that handshake, that personal connection, that that visit to a shop that hasn't seen a brand owner or brand founder in years that means a lot and and people can see all your social media posts and things but but un, until you really you know shake that hand and show them the respect to, to go to the shop and i mean it, it changes things i've had shops that have known about epic for years and years and you know you call them you're on the phone you talk to the managers or the owners or the buyers and it, it, Sometimes it's so difficult to get over that hump until you actually meet in person or here at the trade at show, the trade show yeah. or at the TPE. And, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a personal business for sure. There, there's an owner that I'm thinking of right now, and I won't mention any names, but there's an owner that I'm thinking of who has specifically told me, I won't carry a brand if they won't come out. Like just even once, yeah. just come out and spend some time with my customers. That's all I ask because I support you. Why can't you yeah. support me? But you get that. You're like, yeah. you understand it because it is yeah. a big deal. To these, especially the, the smaller shops, the mom and pop shops, like family owned. 100%. Yeah. And, and Arthur understands it as well because there's a cost to doing that. You know, to be on the road, you know, I've been on the road since October, even even during during COVID times, you know, driving from Florida up to Texas, um, you know, hotels, meals, fuel. There, there's oh a, there's a, I, I'm on the road, you know, probably well over 200 days a year. Um, so just do the math. You know, on it's expensive. Yeah. It's expensive. We, trust me. Like I'm just doing like a two week thing here where mm-hmm. I'm traveling. I like Jesus. It gets expensive quick. Yeah. Talk about COVID real quick. Did that kind of shut down a whole lot of stuff for you guys? Was it a struggle? Well, How yeah. I mean, that- we we had had to shut down the office for a few weeks, um, but because it's a family business, we could still ship. Um, it was kind of scary for the first, you know, 30, 45 days. But then we started getting orders from all of our brick and mortars that have online shops and, and companies like Neptune uh, Cigars in Florida. They've been an account. They were my first account in Florida, um, Luz and, and, and Christoph. So all of a sudden, sales, online sales are going through the roof. And, and we're picking up new companies that are selling online. And so... It was just a, with a, in a matter of months, things started to kind of turn around. And, and as you know, the the imports from Dominican and Nicaragua are through the roof, higher than they've ever been, and sales are up. And I think everybody across the ro- across the board is is selling more cigars, and yeah. and a lot of brick and mortars are reinventing themselves, doing curbside pickup, doing deliveries. Even our, our guys in the UK, uh, Boutique Smokes, Mike Choi, uh, has our Epic in in, in uh, London, and. He's delivering on his motorcycle, you know, in cold weather to his customers because, you know, people still wanted cigars and yeah. people wanted to smoke more. And they're at home. They're home. They're bored. They want something yeah. to do and then they'll do it. Let's talk about the 10. Let's talk about that. How did that come about? Because I think I've said this for a while now. I feel like the cigar industry's kind of jumped the shark a little bit when it comes to mm-hmm. LEs, when it comes to like the limited editions. Yeah. Like, how did this come about? Well, shortly after we, Arthur and I, put together the deal and he acquired epic we were at the yeah it was at the pca so this would have been 19, 19. 2019 pca um and he had been walking around i was you know talking to customers and clients and and he walked back into the booth in the afternoon and he said uh he said give me a cigar and i, I gave him the epic habano and, and he left and came back 20 minutes later and uh, he said, he said, how does Epic by AJ sound? 
And I said, AJ Fernandez? And he said, yeah. I said, it sounds very good. Right? <laughs> and, you know, thinking, you know, we're, we're just getting started here. And, uh, you know, that's a bucket list item that, that, you know, didn't even cross my mind. I'm like, let's just scale things up. Let's get production up. Let's get more inventory. And, uh, yeah, so we, we started that process at that time. And then, you know, samples back and forth from AJ. And then COVID hit. And we had, we had kind of gotten it down to a couple different samples COVID hit and so we we decided on the one I was the one we went with it's a box press Toro Cameroon wrapper that only AJ gets uh Nick Robin binder filler and uh and then it sat because of COVID and we didn't launch it until really January yeah. of this year uh and it's been a big hit and it's a, it's it's a phenomenal a, cigar it is a phenomenal cigar it is really really good uh, I had to have a box. Like so, as soon as I saw Lucas from Oxford Cigar had some, I'm like, yeah, like because I sat down with him in Orlando in May, and he's like, we were talking about you actually, and he's uh, good people. Lucas. He goes, uh, he goes, yeah, I'm I'm gonna start carrying Epic. He's like, I got the ten. I'm like, you do? He goes, yeah, it's gonna. He's like next week. I'm like, I. So I like went home and I'm like looking for it. And as soon as it's, I saw, it, I'm like done, done, awesome. done. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, Thank and then I, I smoked one a couple of weeks ago holy cow it's really good yeah like you guys what's the like when you when you wanted to do this i know you're sending things back and forth but like when you're even tweaking the blends or you're you're thinking about something new what's your vision for for epic for well i mean we're it's 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 tough because you know you you see the trends in the industry it seems to be leaning towards you know full-bodied sort of super bold stuff but but that's more what you see on social media than actually yeah. what's happening in the industry because the cigars that are sold the most are Habanos, Connecticut wrappers. Like, it's, the numbers don't lie. Right. Um, and so but I want to get a little bolder even more than, than even the Epic 10 um, because like, we've got a like good a base of mediums. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I really do. So, And we've got a good base of, of mediums cigars that, uh, that we can offer our customers. So... So I'm kind of working on that, but once again, you you when it comes to volume and production, yeah, you have to be cautious. And, and you know, even though now we're in a different position and we've got a little more leverage with the factories in in Dominican and in Nicaragua, um, we still we still have to think about what we're going to launch and how we're going to launch it. And um, we're definitely going to be coming with some new stuff from Epic out of Nicaragua. Um, and I plan to get down there soon to, to get nice. hands on and, nice. and do that. So, the La Rubia, oh man, I love that cigar. It's, Thank you. I, I really do. So I I, I like the, the Project D. I think that's a very good cigar. I love the Ten. I think that's a great cigar. I could have that La Rubia all day long. Like we've got a few customers uh, <laughs> and retailers like that. Listen, I love it. It's it was you know one of the last cigars we came out with. I think in seventeen. Um, and you know, Connecticut is, is something that I wasn't excited about, but as a brand you need it in your portfolio. Right. Cause you're the full body guy. Yeah. And so is Tim. Tim's mm-hmm. the full body guy, yeah. uh, from uh, cigars and coffee. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, youtube.com, mm-hmm. go to there and you'll see him, he and I sit there and I've, I'm trying to get him in cause I'm like, it's not like they used to be. It's not, they're, they're not just, you know, cardboard and tobacco. Like, right. This has some substance. And this isn't just a morning cigar with coffee. Like I said that on on, uh, on Instagram, and you were like, "Hey, man, I love this with some with some whiskey." Yeah, single I, malt or bourbon in the evening. All the, and listen, I can smoke Maduros all day and smoke that at night and still get a great experience. And yeah, and I think the real um, light bulb went on when we, when I was working on the on the La Rubia blends is when, and I don't know if. if Rolando had suggested or I had suggested or whatever, but someone had suggested a San Andreas in the binder. And I think I think I had suggested it because we had just finished the, the Project E, and I'm like, it might be cool if we could use a San Andreas in the binder. And Rolando hadn't done that before on any of the blends with, with Christoph and, uh, or anything else coming out of the factory at that time. And he's like, well, let me try it. And... Uh, you know, we'll let you know. And, you know, a week later, I get to the factory, and it's got this bundle of, of uh, La Rubia's, no bands or anything. And I, and I smoke it, and it was just 
because I had gone through probably five or six different blends. I tried Sumatra binder, in, Indonesian. We had we had done Dominican binders, other Nicaraguan binders, and and just it wasn't coming together the way I really wanted it to. Right. And and it was yeah, it just so it's that San Andreas in the yeah. in the uh, binder mm-hmm. that because it does yeah. it, it it's not it doesn't lack flavor like when most people especially uh older enthusiasts and aficionados think of a connecticut think of a, a, of a lighter milder cigar it's like oh, it's gonna lack flavor it's gonna lack substance this doesn't it's it's the best of both worlds i think i really do enjoy it no I, I appreciate it what was the uh the catalyst behind the new bands because i love the new bands well the original bands were black and sort of a not a gold, but um, I don't know how to describe that. They were they were actually a mistake. <laughs> the original bands because they were supposed to be black and gold. They ended up the gold was kind of off a little bit, but I had to prove the production run once again. Back then, I didn't have the luxury to to kind of toss it. them yeah, and, 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 and spend another you know five thousand dollars on uh, on bands. So we we kind of ran with it and. Most re- more recently in the last year, we've gone through those bands. So now we've we've redesigned the, the epic band, which is you know it's got that beautiful white. It really pops on the Connecticut. It rapper does and and the gold. So yeah, that's a sexy band. I love yeah. it. I love it. What's next for Epic? We have actually in the next couple of weeks, we're launching a new Maduro out of the factory. It, we, I was hoping to have it ready for the show. We just need a little more age, but it's it's a cigar that's going to pay tribute to my service in the police. It's called the Epic 299, which was my, my badge number when I was policing in, in Canada. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it's going to be a 56 ring gauge, 56 by 6, so a little bit bigger. Um, all 10 count boxes, a beautiful presentation, so... Uh, we'll, we'll have that ready soon. I'll, I'll get some shots over to you, and, and you'll yes. see some stuff on social media yes. pretty soon. And it, it also pays tribute to the relationships that that I've developed in in not only Canada and in law enforcement, but also in the United States. Because in the past, I've done cigars for the New York Smoking Shields, Maryland Smoking Shields. So it's actually got a Canadian flag and a U.S. flag on the on the cigar band. Oh, and, that's a, that's yeah, great. Uh, that's awesome. How important, because we're here at the trade show, I've got to talk about the trade show. How important is it for Epic to be here at, at, at PCA and Nat Seco to be here at PCA? And how important is it for retailers to come in? It's super important. Um, you know, over the years, I've had good shows, bad shows, but, and this is one thing that certainly Arthur and I agree on, you, you have to make a presence and you have to show people that you're here you're growing and you're you're supporting the industry and and not just from the pca standpoint but you know cigar rights of america and and so on and so forth i mean this year was the first year we did tpe and you know we had a super successful show even you know most more recently in in vegas before this show uh and our first day here this year at pca was was kind of a record day in sales one day sales so yeah i'm excited and uh Obviously, we've still got a day and a half left, and we're, we're hoping to uh, to kind of reach our goals. And uh, yeah, so far this morning, we've been busy. So that's awesome. Do you think the industry can support two trade shows, TPE and PCA? And and if you don't want to answer this, you don't have to. But the TPE is that where the premium cigar industry wants to hang their hat? And, and, and I'm not I'm not knocking the THC and the CBD and the and the vapes and cigarettes to each their own. I have no problem with it. People want to do it. That's great. But in the fight against federal regulation, we're trying to separate ourselves from that because we are different. Because right. it is a natural product. Because it's premium hand rolled. Yeah. Is that where we want to go as a, as an industry? Do you see like do are those things that are even on your radar as a manufacturer as somebody who's blending and trying to build his well, business i mean you've got to you know globally look at, at things that are happening and be, and be aware of it we're we're focused on supporting our retail base and 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 the, the biggest reason we did tpe is because i would say in the last six eight months in my travels every other retailer that i walked into and in, in, in between florida atlanta the, the carolinas new york they're like, we're going to TPE. I hope, you know, I hope to see you there. We're going, we're going, so you're we're doing going. it to support your, the, yeah. the people who support you. Yeah, yeah. and, 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 and it, 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 it works. Um, and, you know, and but once again, there's, you know, we're here this week. There's some of the larger brands aren't here at the PCA. Some of our retailers aren't here, but they were at TPE. So I think as a brand, we've got to kind of 
gauge that. Obviously, it's it's an added expense for us, and, yeah. and we hope that you know it works out in, in our best interest. So you think it can support two trade shows in for right now? I think so. Yeah, Good. I think so. And and they were well represented. I mean, in both uh, both both uh, events. So that's great. That's fantastic. What's next for for Nat Seco? What's next for you guys? Like, well, Nat Seco, actually, we just uh, this week. At the show, Elena, who is our export manager and our packaging uh, manager at the factory in Dominican, she arrived on Saturday with the new Natsiko 55 boxes, uh, which is the first Natsiko that's being produced in the Dominican Republic. Um, so we kind of wow. did did a kind of a switchback. So we did the first epic with AJ in Nicaragua, and now we're doing the first the Natsiko Dominican, uh, in the that's... Dominican Republic. So that's going to be uh, we just approved the packaging. The cigar has been aging for for a while, and we're going to start shipping in November. Wow. Yeah, it's a 10-count, beautiful uh, orange box. It's got uh, Nat Seco and gold. Um, amazing cigar, and um, I, we're excited about it. And we've already been we've been taking pre-orders from customers uh, in the last three days. That's fantastic. That's great. Guys, I'm telling you, if you haven't tried Epic Cigars, you got to get out there. you got to try Epic Cigars. you got to try Nat Seco Cigars. They're fantastic. They're really good. They're some of the best on the market. They really are, and I'm not just saying that to blow smoke. I'm not saying that because I, I'm, I'm friends with you. They're really, really, really good cigars. You got to try them. Yeah. They're great. There, there's, you know, we're. I always like to say if I if if we can get our customers and retailers and, and more so our customers if they can add an Epic or an Atsico, you know, once a week or once every couple of weeks in their lineup. That's that's how we grow. You know what I mean? We don't want to take over the, the, the industry. And there's lots of room for everybody. And, and we do. We've got a, an amazing portfolio of, of, right now, 16 premiums between Epic and, and Natsiko. And Natsiko, yeah. you know, I say it again, this National Cigar Co. It's where it started. It's been around since 1965. So it's actually 55 years old last year. And wow. uh, so we're going to be around for a while. And Arthur has a long-term vision. He has a long-term vision. For me, with the company and obviously his family, his sons, Alex and uh, Alexander, Alex and, and uh, Gregory, uh, hence you know Alexander, Alexander yeah. Greg. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, we're, you we're, you are you seem very excited about the future. You're very passionate about this industry. You're passionate about what you do. You're passionate about your cigars. You're passionate about National Cigar Company. Like you, I'm re-energized. Like this is what day four. Like I yeah. woke up this yeah. morning, I'm like, God, I really want to go. Like, what do I want to do? Listen, but talking I, I, to you, listen, man. I got up and uh, it's funny. I didn't get to bed till two last night, but I, I for some reason I woke up at six thirty. I went to the gym for for an hour and a half, um, got rid of the alcohol, and uh, you know because you want to. We, we got customers coming in, and and uh, you want to always, you know, connect with people on the on that level. And listen, I love to have my my cocktails, but I, I also you know do my best to take care of myself and. Um, Work especially hard, play hard. when you get three or four days here in Vegas, you can you can get beat up pretty bad. So <laughs> I've actually gotten a couple good workouts in, and uh, you know we've got a basically a day and a half left. Um, something we're also doing, which uh, you'll see in the past, we've had some epic uh, jewelry pendants, uh, rings, things. So we're actually going to be relaunching uh, uh, another line of rings pendants. Oh wow! Uh, in the next couple of months, we've, we're actually and we're doing more clothing, more swag. And we're eventually we're going to have a full line of, of epic clothing. I mean, from hats, shirts, sweatshirts, uh, you name it. And that's a lot of people are asking for that. So that's a lot of fun. And we're working on different ideas and different things. And we want to bring some new stuff into the industry. That's not just cigar related um, yeah. things because the, the, lo- the epic logo kind of lends itself to uh, a whole lot of different things. Right. Yeah. So you're growing the brand. That's fantastic. Yeah, the epic brand, the epic lifestyle, and yeah. and and it's not always about cigars. Even though that's the industry we're in, epic in my mind has always been that that name lends itself. I mean, look, every other commercial on TV now, it's it's epic this, it's epic that, it's epic pizza. But I mean, we're we're we want to create a lifestyle around the cigar lifestyle that we all love and enjoy. Do you think that comes from like so the epic brand, the epic lifestyle? Does that come from? Your time playing hockey—that the, you want to be epic, you want to be competitive, well, you want to win. It's funny. I mean that, and and just you know my I guess my story. You know, growing up in Canada, playing hockey, policing, you know, riding Harleys, you know, going to the Turks and Caicos, boating, learning to kiteboard, surfing, 
paddleboarding. Uh, you know, it's just it's a it's a long crazy list. Riding enduro, I had an enduro bike for like three years in the Dominican Republic. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, it's 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 that. I guess it's it's part of it's been part of my life. Uh, so maybe maybe it was it was meant to be. You know, when I and I remember when I uh, it's funny because one thing we didn't touch on was you were like, how did you get the name Epic? I and I remember googling it in two thousand nine just to find searching cigar names because in the industry even not being industry i being in the industry i knew that you can run into issues with names so yeah. you know i got the dot com on godaddy one day i'm sitting on the beach you know drinking margaritas but literally a week later i started the trademark process and thankfully i did because as you know later years later monte cristo came out with the epic uh, and they didn't even know i was in the industry and so we 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 worked that out uh at that time and you know we're still here and and moving forward and and really we're we're just getting started you know this is year 11 and now we're we we've, we've grown more in the last 2 years than we did in the first 8 years oh, there's so. a reason for that your cigars are fantastic and like i said you're the hardest working man in the yeah. industry you are everywhere when you see him out and about, you got to stop in, say hi, smoke his cigars, support this guy because he's out there supporting retailers. He's out there supporting the PCA. He's out there supporting that Seco, and he's out there supporting those local B and M's that are so important, the lifeblood uh, around the country for the cigar industry uh, to keep uh, kind of the front lines, right? Aren't they? Uh, you, people they come are. in, they they hands down, yeah, like they're they're yeah. they're shepherding people into the hobby. So say hi to Dean when you see him out there. Dean, thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. It, I, I am so happy to finally have you on. James, me too, man. And uh, listen, I love what you do. I, and and I've, it's funny. So more, obviously more recently, I've been, been able to take in a few of your podcasts and listen, <laughs> you know, the one you did with Lucas at, at Oxford. And I appreciate what you're doing as well because, you know, and, and there's a number of guys that do what you do and, and not as well, some of them as you do it, but I appreciate it's great. That, and but... it's really appreciated because... You know, you're not getting paid to, to no. come out and do this. It's it's a it's a passion project, and and so we really appreciate it. And because it gets helps get our story out there, and and, I think and share things. We people need to love share. a story. They love a good story, and your story is one of the best out there because you really have led the epic lifestyle. Everything you have done led you to this point, and it's great that you're succeeding and you're doing all the things you want to do, and you're living your dream. That's all people really want to do at the end of the day is live their dream, right? Well, yeah, enjoy this and and uh, and just you know put the best version of yourself out there and, and connect with people. And that's really what sells cigars. It's relationships sell cigars. Cigars a cigar, you know. And I say that I say that you know cautiously, but it's it's so true. And, and don't get me wrong, a lot of passion goes into what we do in in all of us in the industry, but without the relationship. You can have the best cigar in the world. If, if you don't like the person that's sitting across from you, it's not going to taste good. It won't. That's right. And you know, it's like I said earlier, Epic is a is a mirror of the industry and all the people that helped you get to where you are. It really is this culmination of your dream and all the support that you've had along the way. And I think that's a fantastic uh, story that I wish more people had, you know, because this industry is such a great industry and there's such great people in it. But I know some folks that haven't had such a great story, and this is a this is a win, like yeah. this is a success story. And so I, I wish you nothing but success in the future, brother. I hope to see you out there more. We'll get you back on the podcast in the future, and we'll 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 catch up. We'll find Sounds out what's great. going on. I appreciate, I appreciate you, it, Dean. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Join me next time, where I'm not quite sure what I'm going to talk about yet, but I promise it'll be simply stogies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies.